This week on Dig Me Out. Like point nine 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 nine. Tim and Jay review Absolute Zero by Null. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I'm your host, Tim Minichi, and joining me as always, my co-host, Mr. Jason Ziak. Jay, it's episode 218, 218 of this podcast, season five, and we have a requested review. Requested, requested review. review. Let's do it. Let's what do it, got? Jay. We got, well, Jay, over the you know, almost five years, I guess four and a half approaching seasons of this show. We've done some pretty obscure albums. We've done some stuff that's hard to find, that doesn't have a lot of presence on the internet in terms of reviews, in terms of, uh, you know, Wikipedia pages and pages on allmusic.com. I think we have surpassed all those and discovered the most obscure recording of the 90s aside from maybe somebody recording something on on a cassette on the four track in their home and only giving it to a few friends this might be the most obscure thing we're ever going to review ever ever possibly are you dropping the gauntlet here for somebody to find something more that is a gauntlet and i'm going to explain my thoughts behind this so and i've got a, a preface this by saying this was requested by someone who asked that we do not refer to their name when we explain who requested it, but instead, are we allowed to? Are we allowed to look them in the eyes? Yeah, we cannot look them in the eyes. We have to look down. And they said, please direct people to their website. So we are doing so. Their website is retentionpondhoneys.com. You may go there, and you may look at it, and you may see it, and decide for yourself how you feel about their website. I asked what that meant. And the person who emailed us with the request said, it's the culmination of years of hard work and the internet finally living up to its full potential. Get your fly ass honeys and rate a retention pond all in one place. So there you go. Retentionpondhoneys.com. Mystery solved. Mystery solved. So the album that was requested, Jay, is by a band called Null, N-U-L-L, and the album title is Absolute Zero. Now, why I say that this is one of the most obscure things we're ever going to review is because this was not released on, I would say, a record label. It was released with a comic book called Blank, The Encephalon Void, that came out in 1994. Null is made up. I'm going to go into some history of the band here. Just so everybody mm-hmm. knows. History of the band. Null is made up of Gast, G-H-A-S-T on vocals and guitar, Function on vocals and programming, as well as uh, Pamela Moore, Jimmy, Harry, Nine, and Jared on vocals. And what I mean by vocals is I believe the music is supposed to accompany the comic book to provide sort of a soundtrack. So they're credited as, as being characters from the comic book. If you, and we have a copy of the comic book. Now there is no Wikipedia 
for any of this. If you go to allmusic.com, all there is is the entry of the Null Absolute Zero album. There's no track listing. There's no artwork, which we have. We've posted it. We have all the tracks as well. The comic book was published by Artery and Entertainment, which has no web presence, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. It, it is if you Google it, it comes up on some comic book websites like archives, but there's no information that you really directs you to. So it's a bit obscure. Mm-hmm. It's a lot obscure. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, so basically, what we have is a CD that was released with a comic book in 1994, and the comic book is very rare and both and the cd is as well so there you have it null absolute zero requested by retentionpondhoneys.com if you would like to request a review head on over to request a review page at digmeoutpodcast.com perhaps you have a cd that was released with a cookbook or a cd that was released with a cd rom or some other archaic device from the 1990s late in the late 90s could have the uh the cd-rom music combo yeah i remember that was a thing for about a year yeah where you get a videos with it and mm-hmm. maybe it would link you to some like website with bonus tracks and a game maybe there'd be like a game involved there were a couple like rock, rock magazines that came out on cd-rom only and had exclusive things on them and mm-hmm. i remember that so we did get some feedback on this uh, over at our website, digmeoutpodcast.com. Stephen Frazier, who's chimed in before, said the cover art looks like something the Orb would put out. I have never heard of this band before. Stephen, you're not alone. We didn't either. We've, And I'm going to guess that if you were to question the population at large, 99.9% of people will have never have heard of this. And I'm willing to take that 0.9 down several levels, like 0.9999999999. This is very obscure. But you know what? Doesn't matter. We're going to review it. We're going to go track by track. No, we're not. Unless you want to, Jay. Do you want to go track by track? We could kind of do that. Let's go track by track. Let's just do it. Let's. What the hell? Track by track, nobody else on the planet has the opportunity to do this. This is the only review that will ever exist for this album. Yeah. And even if people like it, are they going to be able to go find this? No. No, they're not. You can come come to us. You can come to us. If you're like, I really like those samples of the songs that you played, we'll direct you to the right place to go find this record. Which would be eBay. A responsibility to do that if we're going to review a record mm-hmm. this obscure that you just i mean some records like they're obscure but at least you could go buy muse on amazon or something but right this is beyond that i, I might right. upload this to groove shark because groove shark allows anybody to upload anything as long as you give credit to the original artist mm-hmm. so they can get whatever you know they're 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 penny a year yeah uh, i might upload this just for the hell of it if, it, if you see it up there i might have done it who knows Let's go. Let's walk through this record. Let's take a listen, or let's take a walk through Absolute Zero by Null. J, track one, Erase. Mm -hmm. This is what you would say is an intro track, I think. It's a short sound effects, typing, computer hum, some voices. Some sounds. That's her oscillating noises. 
It's like somebody's somebody turned down the keyboard and started hitting some random sound samples and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's so, the opening scene of the movie, the opening credits. There you go. Yeah. It's where the ones and zeros start to trickle down through the matrix. <laughs> exactly. Track two, Terminal. This mm-hmm. is where we actually get into the album. where you kind of get the feel of what the record is going to be uh digital drums in a lot of cases this mm-hmm. very clean metal guitar sounding uh riff oh let me describe that a little bit okay it, well, clean you mean in terms of super compressed super right? compressed yeah like sharp compressed i would describe it as do you remember like in the uh, you may not have been playing guitar yet but in the late 80s early 90s there were like these primitive digital guitar processors. So it was before like the pod and you had like actual guitar emulator software. This was like crude distortion and uh, clean tones through like a foot pedal thing. Okay. It sounds like that kind of, that kind of guitar sound, like super processed, nothing even close to, you know, what a real guitar amp could ever sound like. Right. Just total compression, total, yeah, over the top. So Terminal gives you sort of a, I guess, a peek at what a lot of the record is going to be because it sort of starts in one place. They add they add a little bit. They add a little bit. In this case, the riff, the riff becomes a little bit more complex. And then at about 120, they do a breakdown and the dynamics shift to where, like, mm-hmm. where it's just guitar only. And then there's like this shredding guitar lead that comes back in. And then you go back to the main riff. There's a lot of that where it builds up, drops back down, builds back up again, drops back down. And then yeah, there's I mean, like this weird part where they stereo pan a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like a synth harpsichord is going on at, at a part of it. Yeah. It's a bit of a riff, a riff fest, at least yeah. the song, right? It's just like the drums pretty much stay the same. And then it's just, you know, here's four bars of a riff. Here's eight bars of a different riff. Here's four bars of a riff. A new riff, here's another new one, and then we go back to the first one, you know, that kind of thing. No vocals on this one, right? Nope. Just kind of, yep. It, it so ends almost, on like it a heartbeat. It almost has a feel of like a guitar player kind of record. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because there's, right. there's the full-on lead, you know, guitar solo stuff, and the structure of the music is not verse-chorus or any kind of, you know, format that you would put vocals around it. In a weird, strange way, it's like a industrial like concept for like a guitar nerd. What is the the label that does all the shrapnel? It's like a shrapnel like guitar. That's a guitar label or a label for guitar player like releases. Gotcha. Like Steve Vai and shit like that. At least this song could kind of get in that territory. Did you look at this as a soundtrack for the comic book? I tried to. I mean, uh, did you read the comic book? 
I did quickly. Um, I was kind of disappointed that I was hoping that there would be some like cue on how to sequence uh, the songs to the yeah to the comic book. There's a couple times they use they drop some um, uh, quotes from the comic book into the songs, so I'm assuming those are opportunities to kind of cue up what scene the song is about. But I was hoping it would be like a one to one. You know, you three these three pages cover this song. These aren't. You know what I mean? These right. pages cover this song, and you could really kind of go with the two together. But it's it doesn't seem to be that well, I don't know, thought out or no constructed. I think it's much more in uh, you know inspired by than actually lining up because the the comic book is much shorter than what the record is. Mm-hmm. You pretty much would yeah. read the, you'd read the comic book like three times through. Bef- you know, if you were listening right. to the whole record, right. So let's move to track three, Severance. Um, this sort of starts out with like a tribal drumming, which it, mm-hmm. it could be a possibly a real drummer that's been then looped. Um, but did you th- did you think that was a, a drum loop? Yeah, this song, there's another song we'll get to. I think it uses a real drummer. Obviously, it's layered with uh, a bunch of other stuff, but I think somewhere in that could be a real drummer because it, ha- it definitely has a more life and more like room sound to it it's mm-hmm. not as dry sounding as the other uh the other tracks and this is where you get some of the the vocals coming in there's some sort of like sampled vocals that are added sporadically like the, there's just like tribal drumming that starts and then there's like a little bit of extra percussion that comes in with these like sampled vocal parts yeah they sound like uh <laughs> like do you remember do you, did you play uh nintendo like the original 8-bit nintendo sure yeah uh, it, it sounds like samples that you would hear in, in like an eight bit Nintendo game. You know what I mean? Like super downgraded, mm-hmm. like barely, like when somebody spoke, it, you'd barely be decipherable because it was so like so lo fi. Right. That's those those samples they drop in almost reminded me of that. And then this song ends on that they, they utilize that stereo pan again, um, like they did yeah. on track two. This one was more like a keyboard noise. Um, this almost made me like pass out when it got to the part because <laughs> it's just like much? this. It, well, it's like this swirling. It's just like this swirling noise, but the way it pans back and forth, it just like made me dizzy. Yeah, it can be. It can be disorienting when it's like swirling back and forth like that. So let's move to track four. Numb. This has this like synth pad intro. And I, lo- I love that. Yeah, it it reminds me of. Uh, the weird soundtrack in Scarface. You know what I'm oh, talking about? Yeah, it does have a the, weird soundtrack. That, that that like '80s, Vangelis or or uh, like they did. I don't know if it's Vangelis or not, but they it, there's like soundtracks to like um, Blade Runner and yeah. a bunch of other '80s. Yeah, they have like synth pads. Yeah, I love that. It's so <laughs> it's so goofy that <laughs> in some weird way it works really well.
And then you have like this metal lead guitar coming in over a, a, like a bounce a bouncy synth bass line. Like you mentioned, it seems like the guitar playing really takes a, a moves to the forefront on a lot of these songs in a much more metal way than I was anticipating. Yeah, this one, I mean, the guitar is so like down sampled and it almost doesn't sound like a guitar anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it has a little bit of a ministry sound to it with the high right. vocals is mixed in there and sort of the aggressiveness of it. Well, then you get like a real metal, like shredding guitar part at the end with the outro. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because then it leads into track five, which is Rain, which um, I'm pretty sure anybody who's ever listened to any sort of progressive rock and then had access to a four track has written this song. <laughs> what do you mean like you you find on the you find on your keyboard like the sound of like some sort of a uh you know nature whether it's oh, a yeah, stream yeah, yeah. or rain or or wind blowing and then you finger pick an acoustic guitar and then you play yeah. this like queen's you know lead guitar metal lead guitar over top of all of it and then you've got your you know faux progressive rock 80s metal serious yeah this is this is the big like that's a curveball for me on on this record because it doesn't sound, you know, I, I, you know, we reviewed Ministry and we've done other in sort of industrial ish records, so I, I enjoy, um, you know, that genre quite a bit. But I don't remember Ministry ever going, the spoken word, <laughs> sound of rain that could almost be on a, you know, a, a spa mix for the Charles Penzone down the road, and then the, with the acoustic guitar. And then that, I swear to God, I heard that. I was like, Jesus, that sounds like Queensryche, that metal, that lead guitar. Yeah. I mean, this whole record has a, especially when you look at the comic book, has a Queensryche Operation Mindcrime uh-huh. or, or earlier kind of thread here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, musically, I guess maybe this is the closest it gets, but you can't help but think of the storyline of the comic is, you know similar to at least in tone and types of characters to uh operation mind crime that's not a bad thing no uh, i guess it was unexpected i don't know yeah so track six is scarred which is spelled s-k-a-r-r-e-d scarred scarred again we have this like oscillating keyboard part with a um it's like i think it's a 16th note like drum pattern and then you get the, like again you get the like the metal guitar lead a synth bass part i think this is one of the longer tracks i think this yeah this is the longest track 843 and it's probably the track that i don't know that as far as longer tracks go this probably does the least in terms of diversity they sort of break down and then come back and break down but there's not a whole lot of diversity on this track as opposed to some of the other tracks which are only like 3 or 4 minutes and they do quite a bit with those three to four minutes, this is a bit more droning in terms of what's going on in the song. What did you think? Yeah, my take on it was this was a, it's, it sounds like a soundtrack song. Like I could see this being, you know, in a movie or parts of it being in a movie, you know, either as like an outro song, you know, in credits or some kind of like night driving scene, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's cinematic. Um, it's certainly, this is one of the tracks where, you know, if you, you're reading a page or two of the comic book, it kind of works really well in that way. 
but uh, yeah, on its own, it's it drags. And they, this was has one of the more clear vocals uh, towards the end. It's repeated, "My soul to take, my soul to take," over and over again. And then he ends with, "Then I'm scarred." Yeah, which uh, obviously ties into the comic book. Well, and it switches halfway through to this like metal riff. And you're like, well, yeah, <laughs> it's basically yeah. a different song. Track seven is nothing. This one uh, has sort of a generic, I would say, metal riff going on. Not anything particularly special about it. The cool part is when it stops. At about 120 into the song, um, it the guitar just sort of rings out. And then the, the drums come back in at halftime with these like machine piston sounds that are pretty cool. And then the guitar comes back in playing a, a lead. They're almost on like Eastern scales. And then some like there's some like octave doubling on the guitars that are make it a little more interesting with the with having two guitars instead of one, just you know, or two guitars doubling each other exactly. And then it ends with like this I don't know how to describe it, but the sound of like a train or machinery or something. I'm, I try yeah. paralleling, I guess, to the comic book in terms of aspect of the uh there's this whole thing about like the people being under control or being sort of like machines for the I don't even know I don't understand what the hell was going on <laughs> part of it so you know what's funny is uh it's got the whole like you know disillusioned uh nothing null you know numb erase this kind of like empty theme right mm-hmm. through the with the band and the album and then I, I guess that theme is in the in the comic book, but there are also some references to God. Right. Which was interesting. Well, his gun is in the shape of a cross. Yeah. There's like a lot of, there's like a Christ figure in the, one of the pages of the book and there's references to God. There's references to Satan, Satan being evil or the devil. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, is this like veiled Christian, like industrial comic book or something? Like, you know what I mean? There's like it's like this weird right disconnect between like I don't believe in anything to actually, you know, it seems to be, you know, the belief in God seems to be a somewhat driver in the storyline and even thematically through the little bit of lyrics that are on the record. Yeah, I that was I means, found that confusing found too. Yeah. Cuz there I, I don't know if that was supposed to be sort of a generic reference to you know satan or lucifer or whatever the, the reference was or if it was mm-hmm. supposed to if there's actually supposed to be some sort of uh a more you know direct inference of religious overtones yeah is it like generic archetypes types that they're pulling out here to make a statement or are they actually literally talking about what they're saying that's what's not clear let's go to track 
eight, which is driven. This is the one where I started to get more of a ministry feel. That drum machine sounds like a, more of like an early ministry, like drum machine, yeah. um, or like an early even Nine Inch Nails or something like that. But it has these like stop-start parts where there's like sometimes there's like a guitar dive and then sometimes like a mm-hmm. keyboard squeal. I dug that. Yeah, that was cool. Anytime they used more dynamics, I thought that that really helped break up the monotony of just having like this, you know, very super compressed guitar just kind of riffing over and over again on the same sort of idea. And then it breaks down a couple times, like breaks down to this arpeggio synth and guitars ringing out. And then it breaks down again to the main riff and then builds back up. And then it breaks down again into this like bluesy lead guitar in the left and right channels which I wasn't expecting this like sort of traditional blues guitar sound at the very end of it. And it's like over this like ominous, like string, low string synth being played. Um, so there, I, I liked how this, I mean, this started in one place and ended in a completely different place, which was interesting more so than some of the other songs. Yeah. Uh, I like the intro. I like when the instruments are not really decipherable what they are. Mm-hmm. That actually works for this band. So that intro part where you're like, there's those stop starts and those like dive bomb sounds, and you're like, I don't know what you know how they're doing it, but it just sounds cool. That's a good thing. Uh, the op- the riff they go to next is kind of Sabbathish, which isn't bad. You know, it, it meanders for a while. You know, I don't think it needs to be six and a half minutes long, but no. uh, it definitely had some cool sounds in it. And then the next track goes in a completely different direction. It's this like clean guitar with reverb that's getting picked and there's like a female voice um and then there's like this it starts out kind of quieter there's like a lead guitar in the background and then it gets kind of louder and louder throughout the song it's just one of the shorter songs on the album and then it ends on like i guess it's like crowd noise that's in like a building or something more of an atmospheric piece compared to like the rain track from earlier, you know, quieter before you get into, uh, I guess, the last two songs, really, which are the, there's a a song at the very end, but it's not really much of a song. This is sort of like the last palate cleanser, I would say, before moving into the last two tracks. Right. So then track 10 is um, Saving Grace, and this starts out with this, like, thumping synth bass line, and then these double-tracked guitars come in and the song sort of builds and builds at the beginning with these distorted vocals and then there's like more percussion that comes in 
and like these like there's like a chiming keyboard that comes in and out and some synth pads and yeah and this is where the i think the there's a dialogue at the beginning of this track i think mm-hmm. where it was like oh okay they got to sync up with the comic book but i think the dialogue corresponded to something happening in the middle of the comic book and you're at the third End last the track yeah so i was thrown like uh oh no i track track 11 is the one that has the spoken word at the beginning not this one i thought this one had something maybe it's the one before there's a couple of them that do the the one of them has the woman the woman's voice i don't know i wrote all the quotes in but i can't find it right now but anyway this is at the point of the record where i was going back through and trying to figure out like oh was i supposed to be sequencing this yeah track 11 which is critical mass has like a spoken word part and then it sounds like I, I think it's just a keyboard but there's they sound like like gunshots which that would make sense because towards the end of the comic book there's some gunshots and it moves into this like very helmet sounding halftime drum guitar part sure uh, with like stops and starts and then it moves into like regular time and then back to halftime and then it moves into like this like I, all I can call is like groove metal riff um, and then back to the halftime part to end the song but th- yeah, this kinda, could have easily been a helmet <laughs> like a helmet b-side yeah I kind of like the you know it goes into that heavy stomp and then there's a lot of that is the guitar and just the basic drums I think this is the one where it might be a real drummer mixed in here somewhere but then they Mm -hmm. overlay some additional percussion i guess which Mm -hmm. helps in one way it helps with the overall like unique feel of it and just the heaviness but then they pick up the tempo on the riff and uh on every snare hit there's this like other sounds that are just a little bit off of the snare hit did you notice that no it just kind of creates this like disorienting extra a layer of rhythm that's kind of the same but not exactly so you're like what's going on <laughs> kind of sounds like there's two drummers playing and then they're just a little bit off but it's just oh i know what you're saying yeah it sounds like um when he when he hits the snare uh it, it almost sounds like there's an effect that's like a um what was that weird pedal that you had the electro harmonics pedal oh what was that called <laughs> i can't remember off the top of my head but it was like a modulator yeah, it sounds like the drum, like it's you're hearing the original hit, but then you're also hearing a modulation of the hit right. that's being like echoed a little bit. Yeah, it was weird. Is in some parts it worked well to help even it up and make it sound cool, and then other parts it sounded like kind of a mess or just a mm-hmm. little bit too muddy. Yeah, it it definitely like muddied it up to the point where it could have been used more sparingly. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I think overall this record gets muddy. track which is unknown it sounds it's actually this is confusing because the there's like a heartbeat like bass riff 
or baseline. It's just you know like da dun da dun, and then but then there's like a heart monitor that is like sounds like a dead person like d, which doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me because if you have a heartbeat, why would you have a heart monitor that's anyway? <laughs> I just found that confusing. Yeah. And then it's like there's like nothing for you know four and a half minutes, and then at the very end, there's a voice that says you always kill the things you love, and that's the end of the record. Yeah. So Jay, let's let's talk about overall ratings for this. I really look at this as a ten track. I kind of dismissed tracks one and twelve as being the intro and the outro, not really having much musically going on. So, of the ten tracks, were the album "Battery P" or "Decent Single"? How does it shape up for you? It's tough because I think on a music stamp, from a music only perspective, I think it's a single. There's not a whole lot here that I think is incredibly inventive or interesting mm-hmm. or works for me. But in a weird way, when I did read along to the comic book, it started to make a, a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. So I think it had the potential to maybe be an EP. Like yeah. if you could have taken this and condensed it down to an EP that really was tight with the comic book, even if it meant like it was four or five songs or three to five songs per person. Uh, three to five pages per song or something like that, but at least really tied together cohesively as a, you know, the soundtrack to that, I think it would have been a lot more interesting and successful. Um, But as it is, it's, it's, it's a bloated piece of music for a very small, (laughs) thin story. Mm -hmm. And uh, the two don't work together as well as they can. And it, it doesn't really, to me, stand out as being that interesting on its own. So, I'm I'm there with you. I think at best it's an EP and I'd be generous to say that. And I think that what this made me realize is there's a real opportunity with a comic book like this to do it as an audio book and have the music as the soundtrack mm-hmm. like synced up so mm-hmm. that as you're listening to the audio book, the music is playing, but then you can also then listen to the music separately. Right. I wonder if people are doing that now. I'm not a comic book reader. I'm not a, you know, I don't read anything like that. And I never did. I'm just not a comic book guy. So I wonder if that anybody is taking advantage of that technology that we have now to be able to, with you know, Audible and those sorts of things, to be able to sync up a a book like this. Because I know you can get comic books digitally from Marvel and DC now. So I wonder if anybody has thought to do an audio version of a comic book where you put in like not only the dialogue but the, whatever if, you know sound effects that are being written in and then have music that is a part of the story, but then also can be listened to on its own. Yeah. It's an interesting idea. I think um, comic books obviously do exist on tablets. Now there's a little bit of, I don't, I'm not quite sure it's resolved of what form that should take. I think there's some mm-hmm. people that, that think it's really cool and like it. And there's other people that still want the paper and don't quite get it. And then there's also a third tier of like, well, if we're going to do it on an iPad, we should be doing something different, right? Instead of right. just turning a page, it should be something else where as a designer, I actually struggle with that myself sometimes. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's okay for a book just to be a book, even if it's on a right. on a tablet, it still can just be a book. Like you don't have to get clever with how you navigate it. It can just, you know, everybody understands how to turn a page. Just mm-hmm. It can just do that. Um but introducing the sound is is a kind of a cool idea. I know for like my daughter, she we buy some of the 
like the books where it helps you read and there'll be music sort of in that. So it'll like highlight the word and then, you know, say it and you can kind of get them to read along to the story and the music kind of plays a cool role in that. Now, you know, you don't need to teach people how to read books, at least hopefully not. Right. But it definitely adds to the experience there to have the music in. And yeah, I think it's kind of a cool idea if you could find, there's obviously bands that are big comic book fans. So you would think that this would be an idea that somebody would be, if they haven't already, we're just not aware of it, but somebody would be like looking into. If not, then that's my next project. <laughs> I don't know where to start, but I'll figure it out. You might have to do it over like a whole series, right? Mm-hmm. Like not just one comic book, but like a whole series and write an album that goes with it. And then, yeah, edit down some of the, treat it like a movie, like edit down some of the music to fit into the actual narrative. And then you've got an, an album that's, you know, more expansive and like, yeah, stands like, alone. Why not for the next like Iron Man comic have Tom Morello write guitar riffs for the whole, you know, book? Like put mm. it, do an audio version, and then have Tom Morello just create a guitar soundtrack for that. I just patent that idea. <laughs> All right, we need to thank the folks at <clears throat> retentionpondhoneys.com. Get your fly ass honeys and a rate a retention pond all in one place. For their suggestion of null, absolute zero, maybe not a complete success, but it definitely led us into some interesting ideas about where this sort of thing should be going or could be going. Um, If you'd like to request a review, head on over to our request review page at digmeoutpodcast.com. And of course, as always, feel free to leave us some positive feedback on this episode over at iTunes. If you're interested in checking out the full album, it might be out there. Um, after this episode goes up for you to check out not saying how it's going to get there but it could so uh, that's it for Jay I'm Tim we're out when we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out Join the conversation about this episode at digmeoutpodcast.com, where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter feed, as well as links to our request a review and merchandise pages.